Hey girl, welcome to the Get Your Guide Coaching Podcast. My name is Anwar White, but you can just call me your own personal dating and relationship coach. Each week, you'll hear actionable advice, tips, and strategies that you can implement in your own love life. I'm talking about healing your heart, dating effectively, and understanding men so that you can, you guessed it, get your guy. Are you ready to level up your love life? All right, let's go. Hey girl. So in today's episode, I'm going to give you a sneak peek into a private webinar that I did for Grid 202 Partners. Based in Washington, D.C. and North Carolina, Grid 202 Partners really serves primarily successful female clients, and many of them being women of color. So it was a perfect mix for me to really talk to them about everything that I know, dating, relationship, love, and men related. So the firm works with medical practitioners, attorneys, corporate executives, professional athletes all around the world. What I love about the heads of the firm, Keith and Camila, is that they serve their clients holistically, just like I do. Now, in this session, I'm going to give you all my tea and exactly what I told them about everything that I knew related to the dating pitfalls of the smart and successful woman. I hope you enjoy it. Hello, my name is Camila McDonough, and I am president and partner of Grid 202 Partners. And I'm happy to be with you here today to speak with Anwar White regarding Get Your Guy Coaching. We had the pleasure of co-hosting a session with Anwar earlier this year, talking about dating for smart and successful women. And at the time I was single and I was listening very attentively to Anwar's guidance. And I'll be happy to say that that next week I got on Bumble, um, I met someone and we're now four months strong. So ladies listen attentively, he knows what he's talking about. He gives you the right guidance and support um, to be able to understand, you know, ways that you can identify a potential partner, um, having realistic expectations and how to bring your best self um, to these conversations and to your dates. So I'm happy to be here and support NWAR. If you want more about Grid202 Partners, please reach out and let us know. It's www.grid202partners.com. Um, we are a diverse and women-owned firm, and we're happy to help you with your holistic financial planning services. Enjoy the podcast. My name is Anwar White. I am the founder and creator of Get Your Guy Coaching. And one of the things that we really focus on is making sure that smart and successful women have a strategic plan on how they're going to find love, right? So you're not just kind of happenstancing cute rom-com meetups with men. That's really not how reality happens, especially now with so many online apps and globalization. You need to be much more strategic in the way that you look for and find love and how you actually participate in it. And so just a little bit about how I got started. I went to business school a long time ago, and I would catch up with all of my friends, my smart and successful girlfriends, and they were still looking for love. And they were having a lot of difficulty. And me being the type A kind of person that I am, uh, I told my girlfriends, I would say, Okay, well, I'm going to help you make this happen, right? I'm going to take over your love life for a hot second, right? So, you know, it meant talking through whatever was holding them back internally, right? as well as making sure that how they're representing themselves, not just like with online dating with 
amazing profile pictures with an amazing profile that stands out and that is not super bland, um, as well as how to really approach the first date so that uh, it's amazing and you get a variety of second, third and subsequent dates, right? So that you can actually be in a place to actually have an exclusive committed relationship, which for most of the women that I talk to is their desired outcome. You know, this work is really personal to me. My grandmother was married three times. My mother was married three times. My sister just got divorced and with my help got remarried, right? So specifically with Black women, um, you know, sometimes it can be a little bit harder to really find that forever plus one. And so I just, I wanted to mention that because this is something that's personal to me and my heart and I, it's a huge passion of mine. Um, just to empower women, but specifically Black women. Um, roughly 91, 92% of women that I work with get into healthy relationships, exclusive relationships within three to six months after working with me. Um, and then around two thirds of women are engaged within two years. So um, I'm happy about that. And uh, I'm excited with the women that I work with that are really, really ready to take this plunge and really focus on it the way that they probably focus on their careers, um, because it needs to be a priority if that's something that you really want to do. Awesome. And I, I can't wait for you to elaborate a little bit more and more on healthy, right? I think that's a really important part of that statement you had with healthy, exclusive, long lasting <laughs> relationships. So those are the key words that I just heard just now. So um, when, when a woman is single, and I'm going to use myself as a guinea pig here, Anwar, right? Okay. You do is you say, all right, all right, I'm single. What am I looking for? And then you do the list, right? You write your list down of all the things you want, right? You know, and I've been teased about my list, Anwar, like, oh, you're too specific. And, you know, like, you must be six foot two or, you know, all that good stuff, right? So can you <laughs> elaborate on the list that we should be, or should we have a list or not have a list? What, what, are, what is your guide for successful women? Yeah, so what I generally find with my clients is that they have a list and usually it looks really good on paper, right? Mm -hmm. um, that list generally happens and is created when they're teenagers in high school and they haven't necessarily upgraded that list to be in their grown woman status. So one of the things that I like to do with clients is really focus on just stepping back. I'm a numbers guy. So for the women that I talk to, right, they're saying, I want a guy with a graduate degree. Okay. Well, only 13% of guys have graduate degrees. I want a guy that's six feet tall or taller. Okay. That's only 15% of guys out there, right? The average height is five, nine. I want a guy that makes six figures. Okay. There's only 9% of that guy, right? And if we're thinking about men that are 30 to 50 years old, it's only 40% of men, right? So if you do the math, that's 0.7% of men that you're actually looking for. So when you tell me based on your list that you're having a hard time finding these men, I believe it because it's less than 0.1%. <laughs> and that's not even taken into consideration that that 0.07% is going to be feeling you. <laughs> so... I want us to really think about this list in a, a completely different way, right? And I, I have a ton of exercises in my program in terms of how we do this. But generally, my clients are really focused on is how does he treat you, right? Does he treat you like a queen, right? Because I want you dating not for now, 
I want you dating 10 years from now and 40 years from now when you're retired. Because when, when you're retired, it, it's not going to matter if he has a six pack. His height is not going to matter at all. Does he take care of you? Does he listen to you? Is he honest? Is he considerate? Is he kind? So I always say like, we just really need to break it down to like three to five must haves, right? And those should really be focused on how he really treats you, right? I, I have an acronym HOP, right? Honest, open-minded, considerate, and kind. If, if he kind of checks those off, give him a chance and, and date him a little bit, right? Again, honest, open-minded, considerate, and kind. People sometimes ask me, well, why does he need to be super open-minded? Because when you guys are going through conflict, you want him to be able to have an open mind to understand your perspective, right? And you don't want to be fighting and butting heads with somebody that's not going to be able to be listening to you and what you have to say. I hope that helps kind of clarify um, like the list, because I think it's something that really kind of hinders a lot of women from love. And what I've also learned is that as cliche as it sounds, love comes in a variety of different forms and packages. And the person, the man that you think that you're going to be with or the idea of that man is going to be probably completely different. I'm not going to say it's always the case, but I'm going to say, you know, I have women that say, oh, I would have never married a guy who didn't go to college, right? But yeah, he didn't go to college because he got a skill doing plumbing and now he owns his own multi-million dollar plumbing service around, you know, Los Angeles, right? So really thinking about that list in a completely different way is going to be so important. And I just want to kind of add on to that because um, I want to give all of your clients and prospective clients a lot of clarity here. The way that I also think about that is think about your list. It can be 20 different things, 100 different things. Your potential mate will probably check off 13 of those things, right? And that should be okay. What I want you to really focus on is what you really liked and you didn't like about your exes, right? Because we don't really think about that. We just think about what we want on this ideal list, but we don't think about doing a deep dive into our past relationships to understand, actually, you know what? I really like that he would take me on surprise vacation oh, I actually didn't like the fact that he had a great job, but it meant he had to work 100 hours a week, so I never got to see him, right? So really thinking about it in real time about what you really want and don't want is going to be really important. Another thing that I found in terms of um, really focusing on what to look for, because it's going to be different for every woman. I don't want to get all, you know, psychological here, but you've got to really step back and think about your relationship with your parents and what need has not still been fulfilled within that relationship. Because that's what you're looking for in your relationships and that's what's going to make you feel safe and home. So for me personally, right, um, I had a father that abandoned me when I was quite young. So for me, someone who was reliable and always there for me meant the world. So when I had somebody that was calling me every day and when I called them, they called me back, it was everything, right? But that's going to be different for every individual. So that's something that you want to think about on a personal level so that you're realizing that, okay, and that should be kind of your major thing because that's the thing that's going to make you feel safe and whole. Mm -hmm. Okay. Mm -hmm. So when you think about um, 
when we're looking, oftentimes we look for a clone. We look for someone like us, but a male version of Camila, right? You know, similar. <laughs> and for some of my friends on that, that, that probably sounds very scary, right? But we look for a male version of ourselves um, because we look for people that align with our value systems, our wants, our needs, our ambition. Can you share with us, like, what are the positives or negatives of finding someone that's very similar to you? And what mistakes do you see women make when they do that? That's something that is, is so hard for smart and successful women, right? Because they work so hard and they're on their game and they want somebody that is working just as hard and that's on their game as well. Everyone lives their life completely differently. And unfortunately, men don't date like that. <laughs> men are not dating for their clones, right? You're dating for your clone potentially. I mean, a lot of my clients do, but that's not how men do. The way that men date is they're focused on women that, and I have another acronym, right? I that gas them up, that make them feel good, that make them feel accepted, mm -hmm. and that make them feel strong, gassing them up. So that's why when you see women that haven't accomplished half of the things that maybe you have or your strong friends have done, they're making that man feel good, accepted, and strong. And that is really what the men are focused on. And I don't write the rules of the game. That's just how the game is written. <laughs> right? So that, I, that's what I tell a lot of my clients because I think it's really important to really understand kind of this game of love and how relationships are actually formed. I think that men want to be impressed by their women, by the women that they date and that they eventually marry. But whether you got a graduate degree or not, is not going to necessarily like those kinds of accomplishments actually don't really impress them. You know, I, I think it's great. I think men will obviously acknowledge it and think, wow, okay, that's great. But it's not, it's not like a, okay, now I have to get to know her. <laughs> that those things are not a huge priority for men um, in general. Right. But I think that that hurts a lot of women that I talk to because they're looking for the guy that went to business school, just like they did the guy that works in finance or consulting or is a lawyer just like they are. And men don't want that because men go to work all day and work with people that are just like him, <laughs> right? If he's a lawyer, he's working around all lawyers. And when he comes home, he wants something different. He wants, he wants, he, right? he wants an escape from that conversation at lawyer talk, he, right? that and he just wants variety like all of us do right if he's doing something all day he doesn't want to have to do the same thing all night or it feels like he's at work all the time right mm -hmm. so that's why this you know this huge uh kind of difference and i talk a lot about masculine and feminine energy and stuff like that is so important and to be able to step into that so that you can give him a different flavor of what his everyday looks like because that's where he's going to feel safe and that's where he's going to feel at home and not at work. Yeah, because we <laughs> before, like masculine and feminine energy, right? And, and I know for a lot of the women on this call, you know, we are the boss. We're the boss at work, right? We, mm -hmm. we tell people what to do. We run things. We manage budgets. We manage funds. We manage projects. And then to your point, how do you come into your home and then take that away? And then you know, put the gas hat on and making sure that your, you know, your man feels good, accepted and strong. So what are your thoughts on how women, like, how do we, 
how do we make that transition for a successful relationship? So if you talk to dating coaches and relationship coaches, they're going to have a variety of different ways that they think about it. I always, I want to empower the women that I work with. And so I don't ever want women to feel like they have to be something, right? If you are comfortable in your dominant masculine energy and you want to run things and you want to boss things at home, do it, girl, do it, right? But don't expect to be with a masculine man. And the majority of men are masculine because they're going to, they're going to either be emasculated by that, right? Or they're going to want to compete and you guys are going to be bumping heads, right? So understand that if you stay in your masculine, then you're going to have to be looking for a different kind of man if you want the relationship to work, right? Someone that might be a little bit more cultured, a little bit more chill, right? Maybe introverted or shy. Like just think of like engineering types. So when I think of like, you know, a masculine energy, dominant masculine energy, I think of Serena Williams. And she is married to the co-founder of Reddit, Alexis Ohanian. Super Mm -hmm. chill, super great guy, but she runs things right? And she just stays in who she is. And I think that's great. On the other side, when we're thinking about like feminine energy, right? I think of like a Meghan Merkel, right? Princess. (laughs) And how you never really hear her talk a lot, but she actually runs everything through her dominant feminine energy. I mean, she got the prince to leave his family and leave the country for her and what she wanted to do. There are three different levels of feminine energy that I'll talk about a little bit. So the lowest, I say, is that feminine energy where sometimes women feel like they have to lose all of their boundaries and just kind of submit to men. And then they get clingy and naggy and they want to mother men and stuff like that. And guys are super turned off by that. And that's not hot and sexy. And they'll take advantage of you because you let them. And I think a lot of women actually uh, fall into that, unfortunately. And then I have kind of the middle tier, right? Which is that I don't need a man. I'm super independent. I can do everything by myself, right? Which is a lot of different bosses out there because they are generally doing things all by themselves for the most part. And I want to say specifically to uh, women of color and Black women, this is even more prevalent because unfortunately, sometimes that's had to be the case. And the things that you've seen single black mothers and things like that, that has been your role model. So that is what you see. So that is what you know, for a lot of black women growing up. And so unfortunately, what happens is that if you can do everything by yourself, then there's no space for a man to be able to do anything for you. So then the man doesn't feel like he's needed. And ultimately, men just want to please the women that they love, they want to adore her, they want to cherish her. And so if you're not giving them the opportunity to do that, then they're going to just find someone who will. And then this third kind of feminine energy that that girl has that gets all the guys that are sprung on her is that she knows that she can do everything on her own, right? But she lets him do things for her so that she has a little bit less off her plate, but also he feels like he's contributing to her and he's pleasing her. That is the, that's the yin and the yang, the masculine and the feminine working at its best. So I say this because a lot of of my smart and successful clients have a really hard problem asking for help or letting people do things for them because that's kind of a a sign of weakness. You know, if you're thinking about being in the office, you want to do all the work because you want people to see you and value you. And that really drives a lot of success career-wise and even life-wise, right? If you say, okay, I am going to run a marathon and I run a marathon and I'm amazing, that's great. Without anybody's help, (laughs) 
that's why the smart and successful women have sometimes trouble finding exclusive committed relationship with men because they're not able to let that masculine energy really do what it wants to do. So just to kind of step back a bit, because I've talked a little bit about masculine and feminine energy, I want to talk about what that really is, because sometimes there's a little bit of confusion about that. So masculine energy is really driven by the action. If you're a boss woman, like you are, you already know this, everything is about doing. So it's about thinking, right, instead of feeling, it's like, I want, I produce, I perform, I problem solve, I give or provide. And oftentimes, a lot of women, what I see is that they're giving, thinking that they're being feminine and nurturing, but giving is actually a masculine trait as well. So when you're giving, you actually don't give a a lot of space for the man to give. Now, I want to kind of clarify that. Masculine energy should be giving first, and you should be giving in return. I don't really recommend women to give first. (laughs) because then you're not giving the man an opportunity to really kind of be chivalrous in a way. And a lot of men want to save the day, right? They want to be the superhero. Um, The feminine is driven by feeling, right? About relationships. You know, I feel. Um, The power of the feminine energy is, is really being able to accept, accept and reject, any, anything that the masculine energy gives. And that's what the, where the true power is, right? Because men can do and say and whatever they want to do. And your power is to say, I accept that or I reject it. And it's so powerful. And I say this to say, men get rejected a lot. So they're actually more sensitive than we think that they are. Especially nowadays, a lot of men are not really in real life coming to women and trying to approach them and pick them up. One, because a lot of women are rejecting more so. And then now, because of the Me Too movement, there's a little bit more of a sensitivity around that. So I always recommend for my clients to really do a lot of their work online. Obviously, offline is great too, but it can't be your sole way of trying to find a man um, because there are a lot of things that are preventing that from happening as much as it was even 10 years ago. So... Part of it is, I think for women, and I'll, you know, I'll speak for myself and others, it's hard to be vulnerable though, right? You know, so even the, the men are, are scared of being rejected, and women are, are scared of repeating past relationships, right? And repeating the hurt they experienced, and that creates that wall, right? So we want to be open and, and receiving of men that have interest in us and just have that dialogue, but how do we remove that wall? So that takes work, right? That takes true healing. And unfortunately, a lot of people don't really know how to heal on themselves. I mean, you'll probably hear a lot of different people saying, you know, I'm working on myself, I'm working on myself. A lot of people just don't really know how to do that. And instead, actually, what they do is they either just make themselves really busy, (laughs) right? They lean into work or which doesn't... (laughs) you You and everybody else, right? or they'll just avoid, or they'll do what I call short-term kind of relieving experiences, Mm -hmm. which are, I'm going to shop, I'm going to eat, I'm going to go out, just to avoid the actual healing. If you really are interested in the healing work, and that's part of my program too, it's actually at the very beginning, because you have to heal from all of your past relationships, and even you have to go back to childhood, right? Especially as, as Black girls growing up, there's probably a lot going on that hasn't been processed yet. 
And so we go through that because it's so important to be very clear about that and be able to be okay with your past and accept it and accept the players in it. Important piece is to realize the last guy isn't this guy. <laughs> so to actually kind of treat him as such is unfair both for you and for him. And so every new person is a completely new slate. And oftentimes women will have that wall up of vulnerability and being in your feminine is about vulnerability. It's about being open to be able to accept or reject. So if you are a woman that is choosing her fem dominant feminine energy in her romantic relationships, vulnerability is going to be so important and so key. Unfortunately, oftentimes what I do see is women that are, let's say too vulnerable or too hot, right? Uh, so they're overly sexy and sexual, and then, which means that they have no vulnerability walls, right? And then men have no respect for them and will do whatever they want. Or, which is more of the case for the women that I work with, that they're too cold, right? And so the, the walls are super, super high, and it's like business-like. So if you're ever on a date and you're asking him questions like it's an interview, 90% of the chance you're probably not going to have a second date, right? Walls are too high and for good guys, they don't want to have to prove themselves because they just live their life and they're not trying to do too much and, or too little. They're just being them, right? Because they're confident in who they are. So if you have these walls and you're expecting all of these men to jump over them just so that you can trust them, that's not a recipe for success, unfortunately, right? You have to be open to each and every guy, right? Especially when you're dating because oftentimes right? That first date actually doesn't really mean a lot because you're nervous and he's nervous. So you're not really getting to know each other. I generally tell my clients that you'll get to see who that guy really is by date three, <laughs> right? So the guys that you're like, mm, I guess, okay. Maybe give them another chance, right? Give them a second date because between date two and three, he doesn't feel rejected right? He feels like, okay, I'm going on another date. So I have more confidence. And so that I feel more confident to actually show who I am. Right. And so you get to get to know who this person is and not just uh, does he have brothers and sisters where he went to school and X, Y, and Z. So when I'm talking about vulnerability, and I just want to clarify this, it doesn't mean that you're telling your secrets or anything like that. Right. It's just, it's not about being too hot and about being too cold. It's about just being warm. It's about smiling and asking questions and having fun and joking and having some wine and chilling out. I always say this and it sounds so weird, but I think when women actually start to date, they start to get it. I say, you know, when you're hanging out with your grandmother and she's telling a story and the way that you're looking at her, that it's just this warm feeling of just pure acceptance of, of love, that kind of vulnerability is what I'm talking about. Because that is the kind of essence that men are going to feel, and they're going to feel gassed up. They're going to feel good, accepted, strong, right? They have your attention, that you're commanding it. So that's what I have on vulnerability. <laughs> so to your point earlier, of that second or third date, and what we're gauging often is compatibility, right? Are you compatible versus when you first meet them, it's the chemistry, right? Like, I think we all, you know, I love a good rom-com, right? I love a good J-Lo movie and I want my shoe to like drop in the middle of the street and then- No, girl. 
pediatrician comes <laughs> Oh, girl. And then we're dating forever. We get married, right? So can you share, you know, how, how should we rethink this whole compatibility versus chemistry when we're, when, when we're dating? Yeah, I think that you're not alone when you say that, right? I think that women are brought up to believe that if they do have butterflies, then that's a really great sign. I would actually challenge that and say, if you feel 100% comfortable with this man, you're not going to feel butterflies because it's going to be so natural and you shouldn't feel that way. So um, this chemistry thing I want to debunk because chemistry actually leaves a relationship between months 18 to 24. So after that, if chemistry was everything that you guys were hoping for, it's out. <laughs> and then you got to figure out if you actually like this person, right? And like, you can deal with them if you're compatible, if you want the same things, if you live the same way, right? If you, if you have the same hours, right? If you want to build together, which for my clients is one of the most important things. Uh, obviously, with your business, it's about building and creating those sorts of generational, that wealth and also generational wealth, right? So understanding what that looks like and if your dreams are aligned right and what what sorts of steps that that looks like for each person because there are women that say you know i want children right now and there are men that say actually i want to really buy that second house or i want to buy a house right now and i need a couple more years to make that happen or whatever it may be so but it's important to realize that you should want the same things um in similar orders or have a man that's open-minded enough to want to have the same order that you have, right? In terms of compatibility, if you have a nine on a scale from zero to 10, and this guy is a nine on compatibility, but like a six in chemistry, you're good because chemistry will grow, right? Once you start to like this person and live for him and the vibe is great, that chemistry goes. That's why sometimes you'll see really attractive women with these guys that are kind of just average because that chemistry has actually grown in a way that they both think that they are like the sexiest thing in this world. And so I think it's important to realize that if chemistry is everything that you're feeling, then you should go on more dates to figure out if it's just chemistry or if it's something more. And also, if chemistry is everything that you're feeling, it's actually affecting the way that you think critically <laughs> about some of these guys. So. For some of the women that are on the call that have had really bad relationships, I want you to think back on when you first met the guy and if it was mostly chemistry that made you kind of lose your head and allow him to do things that from a head perspective, you would never allow anyone else to do. But because you have these butterflies and be because you were focused on the chemistry part, you allow your boundaries to get a little bit flexible and, and, and loose. And so that's why I'm saying like, I'm not saying chemistry is nothing. What I am saying though, is that I want you to prioritize compatibility more than you were doing in the past in a way that it's on par or a little bit more, especially when you're first getting to know the guy that you're talking to. Well, let me just step back and say, men see potential in women within the first five minutes, right? So they're gonna know, am I gonna give this woman the time of day? Like, is she a, a potentially a woman that I would wanna marry or not? By date three, he's starting to show himself a little bit. It isn't until date six or eight that he's gonna feel like he wants to really move forward in a significant way. And I say this because I think it's so important. Women will, they're marrying him on the first date in their head, <laughs> right? And he's so far off from that. 
but I'm saying we're doing this because of the chemistry and not necessarily, maybe it's a mix of compatibility and chemistry, but because the chemistry is not helping us think critically. And for my, my boss women out there, their head is the thing that got them to where they are. And so it's important to keep your head in these situations in terms of, is this man going to be a great father to my children? In terms of like thinking about compatibility and the life that you want to lead, not now, five, 10 years from now, right? 20 years from now. Am I going to retire with him in Miami? Would I be able to stand him <laughs> and in those kinds of ways? So that's what I'm talking about when I want women to really prioritize compatibility over chemistry. You Is that really, clear? <laughs> it's crystal clear. And I am okay. reading some things right now, Anwar, um, in terms of previous um, dates I've had before. So we've got some questions. Um, and I'm okay. going to selfishly first, right? Okay. So for those women that are jumping into the dating scene after divorce, how do you get started? Um, and then, you know, should you really start online first? Like, do you, do you encourage them to get their feet wet and just go out and be social? Or do you just say, go right to Bumble or Match or, or whatever online dating site you prefer? The first thing I say that, because divorce is very hard. <laughs> and it's not something that you just come back like a month or two months or six months from sometimes it's different for every woman right and I think sometimes uh more so it's harder on the women than the men depending on the situation but so I I would tell those women to really take your time because you have to heal from that and if you have to mourn the death of the relationship and the marriage and that's very hard to do because you're also mourning all of the dreams and the future that you envisioned with that person, right? Everything was pretty much set, right? It was like Bible, right? And you, you, you knew what the chapters were going to be. And you have to allow yourself, one, to feel that, one, to, to be okay and sit in that place, but also mentally, physically, emotionally, and spiritually detach from the identity of being a married woman. And that takes time, right? It's not something that you're just going to uh, I'm just going to be dating now because I, I want to forget him. That's a recipe for disaster because you haven't healed. And so any of the mistakes that you have, when you go in to dating as a wounded woman, you, you're actually going to be wounded even more because you don't have the protections, the confidence, the security, right? The trust in oneself and also in men to be able to date like a boss woman, to really stand in your power. So that would be the first thing that I would say before even stepping foot into the scene. Make sure you have that. And I know that we haven't talked about this a lot, but if that means going to therapy, that means going to therapy or counseling or, you know, dating in a relationship coach. But if that's something that's necessary, I think that's really important. Um, and I know I'm taking a lot of time on that, but if you're coming in, into the game, not ready to go, you're going to fail. <laughs> <laughs> be ready, be ready, be ready, be ready. So when you are ready, I think you should do both. I think that you should be online and you should be offline. So what does that mean? So let's start with offline. Offline means that you're going to have to do things differently than you did before. Oftentimes, the women that I work with, they do the same thing every day. They go, they go to work in the same way. They, they come home, they watch the same shows, they eat the same meals. Discipline is something that is important to them because that's how they were able to rise up in the ranks. 
you're going to have to change your whole, the way that you do things. I want you going to work in different ways, right? Even if they're not the quickest way to get there, I want you going to different restaurants. I always tell my clients the acronym SHEETS, S as in social. What are you doing socially once a week with your girlfriends, right? With your family, whatever it may be. H, health. What are you doing to make sure that your health is legit? Are you going to the gym? Are you swimming? Are you on the golf course? Are you bowling? Whatever it may be. E, education. How are you growing yourself? Those are the things that are going to be important because you need to have a full life so that you're not focused on one person to be your be all end all and you have your eggs. I mean, you all know about diversification, so I don't have to tell you once or twice. Um, but I say that to say that's going to help you gain your confidence when you're doing all of these different things, especially as a divorcee, so that you can really focus in on you and what makes you great. So doing those things. And then offline, for women that are like 40 and over, actually more sporting places are, are better, not bars or anything like that, but golf, you know, country clubs, you know, working out, right? For, for, men, for men that are older, it's actually really important that the women kind of quote unquote, don't let themselves go. So even just doing that and being active in that way, not only will make you feel good and give you the endorphins and everything like that, but it signals to a man that you respect yourself and you value yourself in all areas. And so online, I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of Match. Match, I think men are more, and this is for women that really are looking for something that's committed. A lot of women have come to me and said, because they're more you know, religious-based, I want to do eHarmony. For women of color, eHarmony is actually not great. <laughs> so I want to say that. Bumble, I think is really good if you're going to stay in your dominant masculine energy, right? Because Bumble's initial brand is that Basically, the women make the first move. So a man that is going to go on Bumble is going to be okay with that happening and being kind of in his beta or in his more feminine energy. So if you want to stay in your masculine energy, I would say do Bumble. I think Hinge is okay, but I don't think it's great for women that are like over 35 or, or let's say over 40. And I think it tends to be better for Caucasian women. Don't be afraid to talk to your friends and let them know, hey, I'm ready to get back out there. Find a guy that's wonderful for me, right? Mm -hmm. Sometimes I tell my clients, I want you to send 10 postcards out with an amazing new photo of yourself to let people know that you're new, you're improved, you're yourself, you have a new identity. To all of your friends, let them know what you've been doing. And then also say, hey, I'm actually ready to date. So if you know someone, tell someone, right? So yes. that, <laughs> exactly, so that you can have a variety of different kinds of interests coming in because, you know, I think friends are also a really great avenue to find quality men, right? Without having to kind of go through all the profiles or have to reject guys that are coming up to you in real life. Yeah, those kinds of things. I hope that answers your question. Uh, and so we've got quite a few. So uh -oh. okay. it's about intimacy, right? Yeah. Um, you know, and I remember we had a discussion anymore, right? Women want to slow down, men want to speed up. And right. I feel that sometimes when we're a woman of a certain age that it's like, oh, are we going to wait? You know, are we waiting five dates? Are we waiting a year? Like, but if you do too soon, you know, will he respect me? If I wait too long, will he become disinterested? What are your, how do you coach women on the, the right time to be intimate but also not in our, our issue is not waiting too long that we feel like we wasted our time 
time if the intimacy is not meeting our expectation? Good question. So I tell my clients that I think it's very important to be intimate with men when you are in a committed relationship, not because I'm old fashioned, but because I think it's important for men to realize that you're not giving this away to everybody. <laughs> and that's how they think, right? Oh, okay, she's going to sleep with me. She's probably sleeping with a ton of other people. And men want to put women on a pedestal, right? They want, they're going to be with you because they want to get classed up. So to signal that, you want to say, and they can, they can be, you know, kind of pressuring you. Oh, I want to be with you. Oh, my God, you're so sexy. It's as simple as saying, oh my God, I think you're really hot too and you're really turning me on. Um, but I really just do that with a boyfriend. <laughs> no pressure. This isn't about whatever it is. I'm just saying that that's something that I do with a boyfriend that I have been in an exclusive relationship with. And so then the onus is on him to figure out if he wants to be your boyfriend or not, mm -hmm. right? Instead of playing this middle game that a lot of women actually get caught up in. Does he like me? Where, what are we? Whatever. If he's showing up, he's into you. And the guys that are continue to show effort and continue to reach out to you are the guys that are not going to care about waiting or not. Now, am I saying that I want you to be a complete prude and give him nothing? No, <laughs> right? I'm saying that I think that the sexual act uh, should be something that you should wait on until an exclusive relationship. But I do think like kissing and, and doing other things, massages and things like that, you want to let them know that this is something that you're interested in and that you really like, but you're just not going to go all the way with, with him on, on that. I also want to say that um, women get chemically attached to men when they have sex with them. That's why sometimes you had sex with a guy and then you're sprung and you can't get him out of your head and you continue to think about him because uh, there's something chemically that happens when you have sex with a man. So I always tell my clients to just wait until an exclusive relationship so that you've already seen that he's for you, right? And that he's showing up for you so that you can be chemically bonded to somebody that's looking out for you, that wants to cherish you, adore you, and wants to please you. Mm -hmm. All right. A couple more here if we can get to them. So one of the things we talked about is we're in the middle of a pandemic. We have yes. home orders, we're phase one, phase two. Is this the right time to engage with someone when you maybe can't see them for a couple of weeks because you're quarantining? It's the perfect time. It is the absolute perfect time. And I know that people would, would, are gonna like gag on that. But I say that because it's one of those things where men are having existential crises about their life and what they want it to look like. They can only play video games for so long until they're, you know, lonely. They're thinking about, I don't want to die in this house all alone. I want to be with somebody, right? And they're horny, <laughs> right? So um, they're really going to be thinking about, I, I want to be with somebody. I want connection. I want touch. I want a lot of different things. And so it's the perfect time to be out there because they're more open to relationships and quicker to really connect to that than they've ever been, I think, since we've all been alive, to be honest with you. And so this is the perfect time to really be out there and talking to uh, guys and seeing where they're at and also just the nature of courtship, right? Like I think you were mentioning before, guys look for sex and, fa and fall in love. Women are looking for love and have sex along the way, right? And so because of this distance, you actually cut out sex from out of the equation. 
And you have an opportunity to actually get to, get to know each other and understand that compatibility factor in a way uh, that is so different than the physicality of it all, right? Which, you know, you see a guy and he's vibing and you're vibing and there's just this thing where it gets a little cloudy. So this is the perfect time to really get to know guys as much as possible. And I just want to say really quickly on this, I always tell my clients, I want you dating three guys at the same time. I call it Olympic dating. You have a gold medalist, a silver medalist, and a bronze medalist. Why do I say this? I think that there's been some societal uh, expectations about what that looks like for a woman. I think those things are slowly starting to change. Some of my clients have a problem with that, and some of the clients that you have may feel like, mm, that might not be for me. I'm old fashioned. Here's the thing. Back in the day, they didn't have online dating, <laughs> right? So your pool is so much greater than it was before. And not everyone is going to be for you. I always tell my clients, nine out of 10 guys are probably not going to be the one, but one out of 10 of them is probably going to be the one. So you have to get to that one by dating multiple people. And as you know, diversification is key in your portfolio, right? If you have an Apple stock and it tanks one day, you're SOL, right? You're out of luck. And so you want to diversify. So if Brad is not calling you back or not doing what he needs to do, then you go with Colin, right? And you go with Ryan and you still live your life and do you. And so that's how you make dating work for you. That's how you become the chooser and not the chosen. That's about you stepping into your power as a boss woman in dating. Awesome. Sometimes men intentionally want a boss, right? They look for a boss. And one of the things that someone asked is, what are, what is the, what are, what are the new rules? Like, do, should the man, you know, pay for the first date? At what point do we as women, because there is no, there, there's equity in terms of maybe how much we're both making. It isn't like, you know, I'm, I'm 18 and he's 25 and he should take care of everything. What are the rules in terms of women who have that financial security and how should we engage during that dating process? So I think it's important for you to always um, give them a little fake check, like you're about to take the check, but you don't, right? Like you, and see what he says. If he says, no, I got it, great. If he doesn't, then you've observed something and you're taking a mental note. That can go into, okay, do I really want a man that's going to be doing that or not? Again, that goes back to your masculine and feminine energy. If you're going to step into your dominant feminine energy, that's probably something that you don't want, right? If you're comfortable being in your dominant masculine energy, going halfsies is not an issue, right? So there aren't rules. You make the rules, right? And it depends on who you are and how you're dating in terms of if that's going to be acceptable or not. For the 80% of the women that I work with that are going to step into their feminine energy, um, that are choosing to do that, then that would be kind of a negative to me. Awesome. And last question. Um, so some women have been rejected by men a lot, right? That they're very vulnerable. They're afraid. What advice do you give them? You share with men, they have that fear. How do women overcome that rejection to get back in the game and, and find the right one? So people are selfish beings and they're going to do things for them and not for other people. And so if you're personalizing, that's why I always give numbers, right? Nine out of 10 men are not going to be for you. If you know the numbers before you go into the game, then you realize it's part of the game and it's part of the numbers and it's not about you. You're eight, you're not one, and that's okay, <laughs> right? It's a numbers game. So 
you can't make these things about you because most oftentimes it's really not. And oftentimes it's really guys not really ready to settle down anyway. So you probably dodged a bullet. It's really about reframing what the situation is so that it serves you, right? If a lot of women, um, you know, get into a victim mode and I'm so not about that, right? I want you to stand in your power. So we have to reframe the way that you're thinking about things in a way that actually serves you. And if the guy is not calling you back or doesn't want to be with you, then you have saved yourself heartache and years of a guy that probably wasn't 100% feeling you anyway. So you wouldn't want to be with him ideally. I want us to be thinking in realistic terms here and not thinking like in a dream. <laughs> um, so I guess my advice would be, don't really make it about you because it's really never ever about you. <laughs> awesome. So you have dropped some gems this past hour. And I tried, girl. I tried. <laughs> and we would love to know, how do we work with you, Anwar? If, if, if we're ready for that quote, someone can help us you know, with our, with our walls and, and, and help us have a more open, open mind and perspective in dating, how do we engage you? Yeah, no problem. So you can always send me an email at anwar at getyourguycoaching.com. And then I also have a Facebook group, Get Your Guy Coaching. So those are ways that you can get in contact with me. What we'll first do is we'll get on a call. It's a free consultation where we talk about everything that's going on with you. I hope that you enjoyed this I want to know your past, your present, and what you want in your future and how we can help you actually achieve your desired outcome or goal. I was right. telling tons um, of dating we'll and relationship things that are hindering you from finding love. And it's going to be different for right, everyone. I mean, I've talked in generality Bye. here, but everyone is going through their own love journey. So hey girl, on that thank consultation you so much call, for listening to um, Get Your you'll be able podcast. to actually really you figure like out what that is for you. And that's something, if you go to my website, getyourguycoaching.com, you'll find the consultation tab there that you can book subscribe and leave me a review wherever you listen to But yeah, I mean, it's really a conversation to really serve and help you like I've done today and you know it's really no pressure no pressure um i'm actually booked until mid-july uh, so uh, i don't i don't have any availability right now but in july i will have maybe one or two more spots i generally work with women um for about six months um just because it every woman is different and sometimes the healing work takes longer or, or not so um i want to make sure that you have a lot of guys that you're talking to that you're dating and that you actually find attractive and really like. So I think that six months are really great time to actually accomplish those things.